claims it, a shot, they score! Short-handed goal! Gustafson coughed the puck up at the blue line, and Coleman took it the rest of the way. Marner stick-handling into the slot, got a shot away, it scores! They used to call a guy the Dipsy Doodle Dandy. Well, he Dipsy Doodled and dandied his way right into the slot. Around about three players. Drops it off, got it head for Riley. It alone! Oh, and a good save, the rebound! They're saying that it was in the net. The net is dislodged. Yard Crook may get credit. Joseph Wall picks up his second win of the season and is a very steadying influence for the Maple Leafs who in workmanlike fashion come back from a one nothing deficit. All right, everyone. Happy trade deadline day to all those who celebrate. And if you're tuned in here to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050, I'd assume that you do. Leafs coming off a win in Calgary last night to right the ship after that ugly performance in Edmonton. But we'll be buzzing all day, hopefully, with some trades. Lots to recap. We'll see if Kyle Dubas has anything in the chamber. It's Julie Tashery here. I've got Frankie Corrado and Al's brother Mike DiStefano with me. Nice gang, to be gang. back. This kind of feels like a reunion of sorts. You know some some places, some situations just feel like home? This was your first <laughs> stop, really, before you came the face of the franchise yeah. here. Al's brother was my first host. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Couple, yeah. couple, like, it's like over a year ago now, and yeah, buddy. now look at you. Look at you. Now you're on Kidding broadcast. Me? Look at you guys. You guys are killing it. This guy. But uh, I'm, tonight's going to be fun. Because the last time we did this was what, the playoffs? Last time I had a little three-player show. Maybe um, free agent frenzy? Did we maybe? not do it to start the season? I think season opener, we were all in here together. Oh, that maybe that's it. true. That yeah, it was like the first day well. of school. Mm, yeah, yeah we all had our backpack and our lunches happening. Yeah. Uh, not much happening today. One trade just came down. Vancouver gets rid of Lazar, sends him to Jersey for some additional depth there. Do you guys have any pressing thoughts on that before we continue on? Uh, nice little depth piece. You got yourself a fourth-line center, a guy who can yeah. kill some penalties, and you're giving up a future fourth-round pick. I, it, it makes sense for both sides. It, v- makes, it makes a lot of sense for Jersey because you think about the type of players they have. They ha- have... Like the crafty, speedy, skilled player, they have plenty of that. It's nice for them to have a little bit of, I guess you can say Curtis Lazar is a rugged kind of player, like in the modern day and age, right? With a little bit of a heavier body, kind of crash and bang. Like I know he was the big world junior star or whatever, but he's kind of morphed into this fourth line power forward kind of guy, if you want to call him that. So it fits well on that team. Yeah, Vancouver is kind of an interesting player today in general. Uh, so there was reports last night, Darren Dreger, I think, is the one who's the, mostly on this story. I saw LeBron and Bob McKenzie giving some updates uh, as to what's going on with JT Miller on Trade Center just now. But it sounded like there was an offer there for JT Miller. He's a Pittsburgh area guy. Uh, that kind of fizzled out. But it sounds like there's some ongoing conversations today. That would be interesting. Yeah, so it, it sounds as though there were picks on the table for Vancouver, and ultimately they just said, nah, we want a player back. And, and I don't know if Pittsburgh's willing to go there. But then I, I did hear, like, no more than 15 minutes ago, they did a little bit of an update. You mentioned Bob McKenzie coming through and saying there still is ongoing conversation there. So that is a very intriguing name. And you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you look at a team that clearly looks at their roster and say, 
we got what a year, two, maybe three years yeah. left Aww. with this core. Yeah. We we have to go all in. Just have to do it. And going and getting a guy who scored 99 points a year ago would be, a, I would think, a pretty solid addition to that group. Um, but it's it's there's got to be some money going out the other way. And, yeah. and and I'm not sure exactly who that's going to be. What Bob Bobby Mack was saying, um, Bobby Margarita is potentially <laughs> there could be a guy who Vancouver might not have much interest in, but could they find a third team to come and take that player off their hands well, I, I, and get another asset or a prospect or a pick or a roster player? Was kind of seems like what they want. Part of the the thing for Vancouver, if you looked at all the trades that they have made, they need guys that can help in like the near future because they're not interested in this scorched earth rebuild. Because they think they have some pieces up front and they have a good goaltender, so it's kind of like the real thing is their owner doesn't want to go into a full. Rebuild. Well, for sure, right? <laughs> so you, you've gone down that road so far. Where you, so now it's Beauvillier, Ratu, Hironek, um, Vitali Kraftsoff. Like so now it's like if you're going to make a trade for JT Miller, as much as the picks are very good, and the fan base would welcome that with open arms. From a team point of view, it's like. They need someone there who maybe isn't playing that well in Pittsburgh who, who can come over in that trade and maybe find their game with Vancouver. I always love that. So the, you need, you, there's a lot of people that need to find their game. Change of scenery. Lots Lightburn. of change of scenery yeah. trades around these times of year, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about some of those change of scenery guys in a second, but let's make sure we don't radio our insiders here and get the exact reporting uh, from Dregs and, and Bobby Margarita. This is a real tricky one for Patrick Galvin and the Vancouver Canucks because it's not just about creating cap space and getting whatever return you're going to get for JT Miller. It's about the message sending to future players. This guy hasn't even started his contract yeah. extension at $8 million per on a mega contract. What are you saying to future unrestricted free agents when you trade a guy who's a significant piece of the Vancouver Canucks. He is. Yeah. You know, and his contract extension hasn't even kicked in yet. I will say that the Pittsburgh Penguins, just maybe through desperation, Ron Hextall was like, he had lines in the water everywhere, including taking a hard run at J.T. Miller. A hard run. And Vancouver just said, we like the offer, we just can't take it because it was draft picks. Um, we, need, we need a centerman. And frankly, we're not rebuilding in Vancouver, and JT Miller is is going to be a, a big part of our future. I hope so. They signed him to a big fat deal yeah, very should recently. Be. <laughs> he should be a very big part of that your future. That deal hasn't even kicked in yet. I know it that's hasn't even kicked in, part. and they're 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 listening on on moving that guy out of here. It's 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 a wild scene. What's going on in Vancouver? They already traded out their captain. And then they took a pick that they got for it, brought in Philip Hironik, and now there's potential discussion. Like, Brock Besser's a big name yeah. on our trade bait board. I think he moved into the top five on the TSN trade bait board. So he could be in there. So Vancouver is definitely one of the more intriguing teams that we're going to be focusing on today, I think. It's crazy that they, they made, like, the price for Philip Hironik for a team in Vancouver's position is a little absurd, to take the words out of Luke Wilson's mouth. Yeah. But the problem is, because they've gone down this this path already, and if you don't draft and develop defensemen, it costs you a lot to go out and acquire them. Yeah. And you could arguably say that Stevie Y was pretty smart on this deal because maybe this is the highest he's ever going to have an opportunity to sell Philip Hironik at. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you look at kind of the Maple Leafs could be in a similar situation where it's like, did they really want to trade away Rasmus Sandin? Maybe not, but when there's a first-round pick on the table, you know, it really makes you consider doing it. And obviously, both the GMs, Eiserman, Kyle Dubas, decided to make those moves. So. It's, it's the best value you're going to get. Exactly. And with that team in Detroit, like they've been one of those teams where they're teetering on it. And Stevie Y, I think, saw the light here the last two games against Ottawa when Ottawa ran them out of town and yeah. kind of realized what direction things need to go in. At the end of the day, he signs Larkin. Like He's got the extension there. They have a boatload of draft picks, which aren't going to help you in the near future, but at least you know there's guys coming up and Thorblom hey. and Edvinson and you can, Lucas you, Raymond is still turning into a player. Yeah. As we've seen in the last two weeks, you can use that draft capital to insulate your team oh. next year in the summer. Good point, Els, like brother. You, can, you don't have to draft those picks. Yeah. You could use them as trades to bring in guys who you think can help this team. That's right the Vancouver angle. Uh, speaking of teetering, are we got on Vancouver. Any other pressing thoughts on Vancouver right this second? Oh, I think Vancouver. They're just they're going to be a really interesting yeah. team to watch today. Okay. That's circled. You said teetering on the brink. Uh, the Calgary Flames, mm. who the Leafs played last night, a team yeah. I think we'd call teetering on the brink. Are they Probably ever? not a team that really wants to sell all the new shiny toys they just acquired no. this summer, but also not a team that's really in a no, position where they five, six spots out of a wild no, points rather out of a wild card spot. Why would you want to like after everything that Brad Treleving pulled off this summer? How can you just sit here and say now I'm I'm actually done? Like we're we're gonna move all these pieces and and actually go in the direction because if you were going to do that, you had the opportunity to do that when Johnny Goudreau left and Matthew Kachuk left. That's when you would have said, actually, we're going to strip it down. But with the, the fact that he was able to pull off these moves with bonafide NHL stars, and Jonathan Huberto, don't get me wrong, has not played like a star this year, but his resume would indicate that he is, and his contract would also indicate that he is. Um, that's an interesting one. That's a tough spot to be because... What do you do if you're Brad Trey Living? You put in all this work, you required all these pieces, yeah. your team is on the outside looking in, and it's not looking very good right now. And that's a tough spot to be in. You know what it is, though? Like They've they played some good hockey, and like last night, uh, they were in that game. Like That was a 2-1 game. Right, that was Markstrom was good last night too. You got I thought great we were going to get goalied. Yeah, I, yeah. that was going to be like we spent all the, day talking about headline, how Markstrom forgot the how to play was hockey. Going to be like that is Jacob Markstrom's TSN turning point, and now he is a Vesna guy yeah. again. And then the Flames could go on that twenty-one game win streak that apparently Daryl Sutter believes that they're going to go on. Right, but luckily Joseph Wall was there to to counter and had a good performance himself. And you know the Leafs had a, a great you know th- that third period last night for the Maple Leafs was terrific. But when we go back to Calgary, like they're a good they're a good team. Like I think that is a playoff team when when you look at it. They just for the last well, I guess all season have not been able to get a save. That's but, it. But or see, momentum. Well, here's the thing though. If you see Markstrom's performance last night, like you you joke and said that could have been the TSN turning point. Like maybe that still is. Like right. you yeah. see that. And if you're Brad Trevling and say okay. And I know it's only one performance, so it's tough to. to well, that's the hope it. that they've got. Like that's their big dog. You said it but yesterday, they know Frankie. He can like play you that live way. and die by your big dog. You have to. So, like, if you see that last night, if you're Brad Treleving, you say, okay, if if that's the Markstrom that we can get, if he got the baby bump, right? The yeah. Freddie Jr. The dad bump, bump. The dad bump. Yeah. Maybe you do get a little aggressive today and you do something. I, I, I would be surprised if they didn't do something. I just feel like when you've kind of pushed your chips in the way he has. You especially can in make, the West? Yeah, especially in the West. And I think you can make a deal here where there's a player available who can help your team, and it's not going to cost you anyone you have on your roster. And it's like you get rid of a mid-round pick. 
You know, like those those mid round picks can be used to bring in a player who can actually help you right now. And who knows, maybe you get a little extra, you extract a little something out of a player. Like if I'm looking at at their team and what they need, they need someone who can play with a little bit of pace. Right. Like that would be priority number one. Just inject a little bit of speed. And the New York Islanders did that with Pierre Engvall, right? Who in this market? Pardon me. A fantasy you. Uh, there's another player, right, that fits that kind of mold. And so what does he go for? A third-round pick? If that. Fourth, like yeah. A fourth-round pick? Yeah. That seems like a pretty easy deal to make in a world where a lot of deals are complex. It seems like a bit of a freebie for the mm-hmm. Flames. Yeah. In terms of the Maple Leafs, though, right, let's let's talk about the team here in, in Toronto. We They've already made so many moves, right? Six new guys have come in. Like, do we think they're done today? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you make of what we could see in the next... Well, I guess we're under three hours now, two hours and 48-ish minutes. Oh, yeah. good fast math. Nice. I was brother the mathematician. Yeah. yeah, it's actually no longer. It's now officially two hours and 47 minutes. Thank you, Al's brother. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because you come out of the Edmonton game and you think, okay, may, they, they, they got to do something. There's still something to be done. And then you see a game like last night where the goaltender in Joseph Wall has an excellent game. Mm-hmm. The D had a lot of different elements, although there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of the, the D pairs are changing shift to shift. They did a really good job of handling that. And then up front, it's like Matthews, for whatever he lacked in goal scoring and finesse last night, he was a beast. He worked very hard, yeah. and you can see there was a lot of urgency to his moving. game. Got he the did feet get the last feet moving. Night. He created a little more separation at times. Mitch Marner was unbelievable last night. He was incredible. And so when you see all that, and then you, you, you watch the flow of the game and say, this team actually got better as that game went on, then it's like, okay, do they actually need something today? Or do they just need to internally gel as a team and the best players be the best players? I hate the term own rental, right? But like, and it's not an own rental, but the best thing that could happen for the Leafs, and we've said it on this station for a while now, is the top guys being the top guys. Matthews being the second best player in the world, Marner being a top 10 player in the world, so on and so forth. And there's some guys that have stepped up this year, Willie Nylander being one of them. The acquisitions have done their job, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari. So maybe the move is, is no move, but there's a little bit of a increase in, in production from some players. I like Jake McCabe last night, too. I thought yeah. that it was only his second game, right? And not that I didn't like his game in Edmonton, but you could tell that there was a little bit of jitteriness, right? You know, first game, new system, and I think he even said post-game after Edmonton, he's like, yeah, they like to activate the D a little more. That so early penalty just, kills you, too. Well, yeah, there was that, too, and, and they scored on it as yeah. well. So that that's a tough vibe. You've got to kill your vibe right? for the whole game. You're, you're, you're talking vibes, like, that's a tough one. It's your new <laughs> team, You're the first. it's the first time you're on the ice, and and that pop wow. could not have got lodged <laughs> in a worse spot for Rick Gustafson. That's, that's what I was about to say, though. Like, who do you think felt worse? McCabe sitting in the box in Edmonton watching that goal or Gustafson last night? First shift. First You're on shift. the power play. Yeah. How much better could you get in a situation than your first shift Nervous, with the team, man. being on the power play and all of a sudden you're chasing Coleman and you're down one I nothing? Think, I think, like... People forget that these guys are humans and not robots too. So yeah. even when you when you change teams, even though you've been in the league a long time, there's still some butterflies and some nerves. And I can remember like my first NHL game, I had a situation like that where the puck was coming around the boards and I didn't quite get my toe down to stop it. 
And I came back to the bench. I think it was one of the trainers, Mike Bernstein. And he just kind of grabbed my shoulder. He's like, hey, bud, it's okay. You're a little nervous, aren't you? <laughs> like, yeah, Aww. I really am. He goes, it's all good, pal, right? And that's, that's the exact same situation that happened to Gustafson last night. Just a little nervous. You don't get the toe on the, uh, on the boards to, to cover it. And puck goes by us. He responded well. Yeah. I thought he had a, a good game, like a lot of the defensemen did last night. Well, it's funny because they went with the 11 forward 7D. Like, we didn't know how things were going to shake out because there was no morning skate, no practice. And when that came out, I was like, that's, that's interesting. Um, Timothy Lilligren ends up getting, getting uh, the seat last night, uh, which was also kind of. Uh, uh, it, it was interesting just because we assumed that it would probably yeah. want to be a Justin Hall type, type of guy. But, anyways, but I look at those players last night. Gustafson, Chen, they didn't play a whole lot. They're basically alternating shifts alongside Morgan Riley. But I thought that they both actually played well, considering they had, what, less than 11 minutes? Both of them, I think it was like 10 or so minutes for Chen, nine something for, for Gustafson. Like, I, I thought that in those minutes, they looked pretty good. Yeah. What do you guys think is the path here for Gustafson? I always want to call him. Gussie? Uh, I just want to call him Gus. No. Gus. Uh, the Goose. I think his nickname is Goose. Oh, Goose. I could go with that. Yeah, yeah okay. Gus we'll go with Goose. Goose. That's, a, that's a good one. Like, is there potential? I think they have too many defensemen right now. And, like, you've been... There's nine guys. Yeah, there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now. So we there begged is. for depth, and now we're like, not that much. Well, no, you want depth, but you also don't want guys too much on the exterior. I'll tell you right now, nine defensemen, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one guy who doesn't actually practice with the group because nine defensemen is, is not efficient on the ice. Yeah. It's kind of like clunky. But who is that? Who's the ninth guy? Connor Timmons. You just signed him. Yeah, but he's the ninth guy for now. Like, uh, I, yeah, it makes sense, but, like, why are you? I don't know. It's, it's just bizarre. Like, he's a guy who needs to play, right? He's a young guy. You should be able to sympathize because mm-hmm. you were in the exact same spot that Connor sure. Timmons is in right now. I was the 15th defenseman, and there were only eight guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's a young player, and they just literally gave him an extension. Yeah. And he, when he's in there... He's got, what, 13 points in, like, 20 I know. games? Yeah. He's been very yeah. productive I don't, at the very I, I don't have a high level of trust with him yet. Yeah. Especially in critical moments and in big games. I'm not Which quite I get, there yet. But he still has to. Kenny, he's got to play. You don't trust yeah. him to be the second I, guy up? I, would, I don't trust him to be the second guy up, no, because um, so the, you, we talked about this this morning. I use the term non-negotiables. There's four non-negotiables that are going to be in the lineup. Riley, Brody, Giordano, and McCabe. Yeah. So basically you have five guys vying for two spots, and so you got to think Luke Shen fits well, and you acquired him, so he would be on the third pair. Showed that jam last night that we sure. wanted to see. And so then you have Hall and Lilligren, and you have Gustafson. So in what world is Connor Timmons the second guy up? So do you see, in saying all this, do you see one of those guys headed out the door today, potentially? I don't I don't know if it's, if, if it's someone that heads out the door. I wouldn't be surprised if you could maybe find a move that brings in a, a scoring winger, just so maybe you don't have to oh. have Alex Kerfoot playing as much, yep. or in any kind of role that requires offense dude that guy is so goal scoring um and i feel for the guy i really do and he works hard out there he skates around really hard and and i can appreciate all that stuff but man sometimes it's just not your year and it just feels like that for alex kerfoot so yeah i mean like we're we're getting long-winded but I mean, Connor Timmons is probably your ninth defenseman. You have five guys vying for two spots, and one of those spots you think is going to be Luke Shen because he provides something different. So, yeah, it, I don't know if someone goes out the door. The other thing is Jordy Ben, who you could say oh, is your yeah. tenth guy, is playing with the Marlies. He's 
capable if called upon, but he's actually playing NHL reps. You know, he's not going to be the guy who's practicing on the fourth pair and maybe not even practicing with the team because there's too many guys on the ice. Yeah, even Hollowell has like played a couple NHL games this season. I know yeah. he's not the guy, but I'm just yeah. I mean, I'm just talking. If about you're depth if you're right getting now. into Hollowell, you're your in series is. Probably I know. I'm over. just talking depth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking depth. Yeah. What about goalie depth, boys? Yeah, Joseph Wall was pretty good last night, he wasn't was very he? Very good. Yeah. He was Listen. Very good. Yeah. I don't know how much of an upgrade you get on Joseph so Wall. Like you just my... don't know him that well. Yeah, here's my take on the goaltending situation. I, I still think like it, it might be wise to still go out and get a goaltender. I'm not saying that getting a goalie it would be an upgrade on Joseph Wall. I think for me, he's just still very unproven. What was last night? His seventh game at the NHL level? Eighth maybe. Game, maybe. Yeah. Like seventh or eighth game. He's still very unproven. And I don't want to find out if... Murray's not good to go, which is also very much a possibility at some point here. The trust level is probable. Low. So if he's not good to go, you're talking about that guy as your number two goaltender. Samsonov gets hurt. Now you're talking about him as your number one. He's played seven NHL games. Literally seven. Are you, you nailed sure it. Nice, that, are you sure that you feel comfortable? Has he shown you enough? I don't know if seven games is a big enough sample size. Could he do it? Absolutely. And if he does, that's awesome. But if he doesn't, I wouldn't mind having an insurance policy, not on Murray, not on Samsonov, but an insurance policy yes. maybe on Joe Wall in case, you know, when pressure situations occur, like, you know, having to start a game opposite Vasilevsky in game four of Stanley Cup playoffs. Man. Yeah. It's, you, right. Like, even at home, like, we talk about playing on the road and how hard that is. You don't think coming out at home in front of your home fans, everyone cheering for you, like, that's pressure, too. Toronto also right? has a healthy fear, I feel like, of their own fans. Like. Well, you know what? Their home record has been unbelievable this year, and their road record, I think, going into last t- last night was like 14-10 and something, yeah. so it was, it was pretty average. I will say this about your pal, Joey Wall, uh-huh. and Lance Hornby tweeted this out last night. Shout out, Lance. Wall is now 16-2 and this year, combined with Leafs and Marlies. He was like 13-1. You, wow. you can't, you can't yeah. put much into that, but I will say that there's something about, and even from a player's point of view, there's something about having a goaltender behind you who just knows how to win. You know, like, and I know it's an overrated stat for goalies and all that kind of stuff, but there's just a certain mindset involved in that. And some guys kind of carry that from college and junior to pro hockey to in in, from the American League into the NHL. I wonder if Joe Wall is going to be that guy. It's too early to tell. Yeah. But it's nice that he wins games rather than, well, he played okay and they lost and we weren't sure. Like, he's played well. And he's been in a lot of winning games this year, and which it, I like. Hey, he kept him in it early. Like, that was a pretty sleepy start to that game. And he made a couple of key saves. I think you were on overdrive yesterday saying how you wish Samsonov made a couple more key stops early to keep the Leafs in it before it got Just out buys of control. buys you some time. Right? Yeah. He did that last night, right? Where the Leafs, a little sloppy, gave up that first goal. And then there was even in the second period, they took a couple penalties. You know, he made some big stops. They got lucky, I guess, with the one uh, Kadri going offside. But he made a couple of stops that allowed yeah. that team to get their feet under them. And in the second half of the game, they took over. Yeah. Right? The Leafs took over, and they played excellent defensively in the third period, which also helps out a young goaltender in Joseph Wall. So I thought altogether, like, uh, Joe Wall had a, a terrific performance. But when I'm just... When I look at it, can he do that in the playoffs when the pressure is high? If he does, like if you go out and you get a goaltender, right? Let's say you go out and you get um, Kevin Lankinen from Nashville, right? Guy who you know can play NHL games. He's a decent player. Uh, if you go and you get that guy, he doesn't have to start over Joseph Wall. 
But if Wall falters, you know you also have someone who's capable yep. of playing yeah. NHL games behind him. I felt like Craig put it in a really good way because I, I think I'm in the same place with you, uh, with Joseph Wall. Like, you know, we can go in there. It'd be a real shame if in the playoffs he he spontaneously combusted. Craig put it in the sense that Kyle kind of owes it to himself because he's gone all in. He's yeah. pushed all of his chips in. You might as well have coverage there. Yes, exactly. And that's that's where I'm saying like you've you've literally checked up every single box and you should have zero concerns. Yeah. You've already It'd given be a up a real shame. You've already given up so many picks and prospects and futures. Why stop now? Like you're almost you're almost there where you've done everything in your power to put this team in a situation where you have zero doubt in what's going on in the situation here. If you don't get a goaltender, there's still slim doubts in because of Matt Murray and because of the inexperience of Joseph Wall and for that matter, the inexperience of of Samsonov, who's played two NHL playoff games in his also, career. Also, like the big question mark with Samsonov, can he win on the road? Yeah, like he, we, the, it's the, weird, the but there's a full goal difference in goals allowed on the road than he does at home. The splits speak for themselves. The numbers do, but also he's spoken about it this year at times where he says, I really want to improve my road record. I'm not sure why I'm not able to win on the road or play like and now my question to you and and, you know, yeah. With the additions that they've made, though, right? You go out, you get Ryan O'Reilly. They've gotten Nolan Chari. They got Jake McCabe. They can match up better on the road because they're so much deeper. That could factor in too. When you know, maybe earlier in the season when you didn't have all that depth, you know, they were able to uh, opposing teams could expose them when they had sure. the, the final change. Yeah. Now, you know, you get final change. You, you feel pretty comfortable with any of the eighteen skaters that are in your roster it's, on any given night. It's almost at a point now with this team where there's been so much change and turnover that not that you're going to disregard the first half of the year, but it's like. All your evaluations of your team are kind of starting now. Like they started in yeah. Edmonton, and, and then that even turned into a little bit of a throwaway. Let's say, like, but last night and going forward here, that's when you're seeing the evaluations and and as far as what your team actually is with your new pieces and um, you know even goaltenders. Al's brother, you make a great point. Like now, goaltenders will be looked at a little differently because of the fact that there is more insulation in the lineup and uh, the team does have a different look. Yeah, we put the question out to Twitter this morning. Leafs lunch ten fifty or text us at 10.50.50 if you're intrigued and chiming in on the conversation. But we asked, if Dubas doesn't make another move today, are you happy with the roster he's built this season? And interestingly enough, A.B. and Frankie, a lot of people... I brought up the goalie thing first, but a lot of people bringing up a scoring winger, uh, yeah. to your point, Frankie. Yeah. yeah, I still think that the need is there. And Especially if you want ROR as your third. Exactly, tournament. right? Like yeah. if you talk about matchups, there's Ryan O'Reilly on the third line and you still have Yarncroak or Kerfoot. Like the left side of the ice is a little thin, is it not? When you go yeah. bunching Yarncroak, Kerfoot, and they had Camp as the yeah. the fourth line left winger last night, it usually would be Zach Aston Reese. I want to get into this a little bit more, obviously. We've got to take a break. we got uh, we got a full hour for us to chat, or I guess about 34-ish more minutes. You're in studio here for the full hour. we got Kristen Shilton coming up at 1.30 as well. And we got trades that are breaking, so we'll come back, regroup. we got a couple deals that have gone down through the first 25 minutes uh, that we've been on the airwaves, and we'll continue this chat. And what the Leafs might have to do in the next couple hours here till the 3 p.m. trade deadline, I might just Stefano with Julia to share. We've got Frank Corrado in studio with us. It's trade deadline day here at TSN. Listen to Lease Lunch here on TSN 1050.
Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit LeaseBusters.com. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 on Trade Deadline Day. It's Julia Tesheri, Mike DiStefano, and our special guest, Frankie Corrado, one of our faves, joining us in studio. And a couple trades to react to. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Should we get a sound? Give us a sound bumper. Yes. The Winnipeg Jets out on JVR, but have acquired Nemestikov. What do we think, boys? It's not the all-in move. Not, not an all-in move. This is just—he's no Timo Meyer. He's no. No, he's no Timo. He's not even a, G, a, a JVR. Like I, I expect did more of Winnipeg. Like Nemestikov, yeah. he's at what? He's like a bottom six player at this point. He's not. He, and he's not, he's a bottom six player because he doesn't have the high end top six capability. So he's not necessarily, he doesn't fit the role that you might want out of a bottom six player. But I will say this about yeah, Nemesnikov. He's got six goals this year in 57 games. Yeah. I will say this about him. Winnipeg needs someone that plays a busier kind of game with some pace, mm-hmm. someone with some speed. Like we talked about Engvall going to the Islanders. Right. He kind of fits that. Like that, that, it, if if he does nothing there, at least he's going to kind of skate fast and buzz around and maybe help facilitate things a little bit that way. Like they have Cole Perfetti's going to be out probably until the playoffs start. Like he Not was eight that. weeks plus, so they had to go out and get Nino Niederreiter. So that's maybe your replacement for Perfetti. And now Nemesnikov is your your ad. Like that's your addition move, and you know you get Perfetti back. It's, it's great. You have a little more depth, but it's not moving too, a guy who can play in the middle and on the wing as well. Yeah, it's not moving the needle a ton. It's just a a nice piece that they probably need in that lineup. Yeah, Winnipeg's unique too. The market is unique. Uh, but we've talked don't... about for weeks. Like they got cap space, they could do something. Yeah. They're the team yeah. lurking in the weeds, and they never do. They never do. You, Mesnikov doesn't. That's what I, you know what I mean, though. By the market is unique. Well, like you can't just bring guys there haphazard and hope that it works also, out. Also, like the yes, because a lot of players they won't hang around. You can lose your hat doing that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of players you just cannot acquire because they have Winnipeg on their no, exactly. No, yeah, no, so no it is trade, harder no for them. We have bad to give hotels. Them for that. Bad hotels are here. Ask Mark. The hotel's <laughs> fine. Uh, he was a little dramatic. My pal, Mark, Mark we thought in in Regina right now. I wonder how he's holding up. Yeah. No Hilton there, I don't think. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they put him at the Ritz Regina. There's no Ritz Regina. Yeah, let's see. The Ritz Regina is a roadside motel. I can tell you that for certain. Yeah, we'll get we'll get an update from Mark Mathot and Victor Finley at some point on their, their travels. But Winnipeg, is there anything else they could do here or is this you think their well, signature okay, mood so of this deadline? What I was gonna say what I was gonna say too about Winnipeg and the market, like it's a unique market in, in that aspect. But it's also unique in the sense that they don't get a ton of blowback from the fans, I find. because Fans get it, too. They're just... But the, the, the fans are... Are they beyond the point where they're kind of just happy to have an NHL team back I was just going to say, happy to be there. <laughs> right? Happy like to be here. Don't go back to Georgia. Please, right? God, like we love you, Jets. And, and it's an unbelievable fan base. I love doing Jets games. I love talking about the Jets because they are so passionate about their fan base. It's, it's really cool. It's awesome. And it feels even, like a community. 
It really does. And even being in Winnipeg for, like, I've played against the Jets. I've been a healthy scratch there. You walk around downtown. I mean, I've been a healthy scratch, scratch everywhere. But <laughs> I you, love downtown you walk, Winnipeg. You walk around downtown, and you will be hard-pressed to not find people who aren't even going to the game wearing Jets jerseys. It's like, you know, in high school. they're all. In, it's like a million Jesse Pollocks running around Seriously, downtown. you know, <laughs> in high school on Fridays, I don't know if your high school did this up in Thunder Bay, Dressed but in down? Sudbury, no, they would do, like, the football team would all be wearing their jerseys at oh, yeah. school all day. Oh. Jerseys. They do that? So you, oh, yeah, I did that. You, you yeah, got your you jersey over that. top. You got shirt, tie, dress, right. pants, jersey over top. Yeah, so nice. it's like that in, in, in Winnipeg. It's like if there's a game, like, you'll go to work with your jersey on or you go straight to, you know, happy hour with the jersey on. It, it is awesome. Buffalo. So I... Buffalo's like that a lot. Like oh, I, yeah? I, I go to the Buffalo, like, I mean, obviously being a border city with, with Buffalo, I go into the casino a lot, and every game day they got Bills jerseys, Eichel jerseys. Yeah. Well, not Eichel anymore, but, you know, pre-pandemic when I used to go there often, it was Eichel. <laughs> now it's probably to a lot of tage tops and yeah. Darlene and, and tucks and stuff. But uh, They could still yeah. make a move. They can even make a move on the back end. Like I, I, I would, I would imagine they would probably look to add someone on the back end. Doesn't have to be a big name, but it just has to be someone that bridges the gap from having to use um, or overuse, like a Sandberg, who's been really good, or mm. if guys get hurt, like Capobianco, who's a good young player. But just to have someone that's a little more grizzled with a little more NHL experience might help. Yeah. Bridge that gap. Just in the same subject of of Winnipeg being a unique market, it reminded me of this report out of Edmonton yesterday about Ekholm. Apparently his family is so fired up to be going to Edmonton because his wife is from northern Sweden and loves winter. She's like, I'm so excited for my kids to have a a real winter. Like, that's the kind of person you need (laughs) if you're going to go to Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Same sort of energy there. Yeah. And it was interesting because I played a year in Sweden. And early on, like, okay, October, November... There was not a ton of snow, and it was kind of gloomy. You don't see anyone outside. And then as soon as the snow hit, it was like everyone came out, and they were doing the cross-country skiing. They were, like, they live for snow and winter. They love it. Yeah, so that's the perfect kind of, that's the perfect dynamic for for someone like that. Like, we got this storm apparently coming tonight. Not my vibe. No, I know. Did you bring a jacket? Like, I noticed you're wearing wearing a a jacket jacket today. You brought a jacket. There is a jacket. Okay. Do you have to remind him that he needs to wear a jacket (laughs) on a daily basis, or is that our producer, Steph? You know what? Me and AB just let one another be. He lets me drink my iced coffees in minus 30. I let him wear a t-shirt. Like, we're good. We okay. just let one Fair another enough. do our thing. It's a good dynamic. You right? I don't like to suffocate my forearms. We don't judge. That's, that's all it is. Let his forearms <laughs> fly free. Look at them. They, yeah. they need to breathe. Um, uh, one other minor deal that also has gone down here. The LA Kings continue to add Zach McEwen going to LA. Brendan Lemieux and a 2024 fifth round pick going to, uh, to the Flyers. So adding some Toughness. The to Flyers the got some bite, if you will. Well, McEwen's got bite. Come like, on, guys. Remember? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he the, bit the Brady Kachuk. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's a yeah. good one. But, like, he, Zach McEwen's a, a tough, tough dude. He's yeah. a tough guy. Yeah. And Philly was one of those teams where we've kind of been waiting to see. There's guys there that are going to need to be moved. Yeah. Right. And they're one of those teams. Interesting. Like, I, I, I don't know if we talked about this yet, but Buffalo. Like, what does Buffalo do, Al's brother? Yeah, like, I had them circled as as one of the top teams that were left standing in the checker and sweepstakes, and all of a sudden, 
He's gone now. Like Buffalo, I, I still look at them and say they need a goaltender or they need a, a defenseman. Well, they probably do need a goaltender as well. Well, they got so probably, but I, I don't know if they if they Puka, go Pekka, there. Lukanen and yeah. Craig Anderson and yeah. the other guys, Comrie, I believe. Yeah, Eric Comrie. Yeah, but I, I'm just looking defensively. Like our TSN trade bait board, we got Joel Edmondson from Montreal. Played last night, which was an encouraging sign. Yeah. You know, he's number three on the trade bait board. Dmitry Kulikov out of Anaheim is number five. John Klingberg, like, I don't know if Klingberg is the guy. No, but he's it, not the guy there because Darlene is, is such a force offensively, mm-hmm. and Owen Power is really coming into his own. Klingberg well. is a really interesting yeah. name to me. He's at super one dimensional. I'll give you a I'll give you a name that I think actually is very it's a very low key name. It's sitting here at number eleven on our trade bait board. And I know we've spoken about him. Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer. Yeah, like there's a guy who can help the Philly. Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Right? Like there's a guy yeah. who can help the Winnipeg Jets, a bigger, bulkier player, um, who adds a little more insulation and, and kind of bridges that gap from your top four to your bottom three, let's say. So yeah, like there's a guy, JVR, like there, there's a lot of players that still need to get moved around here from some of these teams that are, quite honestly, if you're one of those teams, how is it not just a race to get rid of everyone you possibly can when you see the, the Bedard kind exactly. of sweepstakes going on? And we're kind of watching TSN uh, on television right now is doing a mock draft lottery. Ooh, and oh we're into the God. top Columbus. five. And the, the San Jose Sharks, the, the O-Dog, has just selected the San Jose Sharks as the fifth pick. Oh, Anaheim at four. This boo. is actually hilarious, watching O-Dog yeah, play the role of Jerry. Bill Daly. Oh, I guess Bill Daly is the flipper, right? It's of course going to be. Chicago got the third. Which means there's someone moved up to two. Someone moved into the top two. Imagine that happens. What a controversy that's going to be if someone moves up that isn't supposed to be there. The Canucks. The Canucks have moved into the top two according according to this. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But... There was, uh, there was a move made earlier, by the way. I'm on the edge of my seat for this draft. Like, it's the real gosh darn thing right like, now. I know. People on the radio, they can't watch what's <laughs> I know, going I know, on. I'm just I don't want to do play-by-play. Don't play change the dial. We will update you. All right, here it is. The number one the number pick, one according pick. to TSN's mock draft lottery, the draft ball has come, and it's the Columbus Jackets. <laughs> oh, how do we feel about that? Disgusting. Oh, Bad for Bedard. They've been bad for Bedard. Columbus. Give me a puking noise. I hate it. No (laughs) Columbus and no Arizona for Bedsy. Yeah. What about Anaheim? I'm into Anaheim. You're into Anaheim. There's a star-studded group there, so they can get something fun going. Kind of like... uh, did you hear my my uh, my Bedard to Arizona? Tell it to Frankie yesterday? so he could oh, shoot it down. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into that, okay, just keep it on the burner. If he goes to Columbus, it's it's a small market and all that kind of stuff. But he's going to be playing with some good players. Like he's going to be playing with Line A, Goudreau, uh, yes. Zach Werenski, Sillinger's a good young player, Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson. Like that probably fit wise and teams turning it around fairly quick is the best option because Chicago is so far away. No, Anaheim's pretty close, too. Anaheim's as close as... Col- uh, no, Columbus is probably a little closer. But I, I get what you're saying. Because they, they have some yeah. good young got pieces there, Anaheim for in the sure. next I get that. I get that. Years, and they I have think. a good goalie. Al's brother, please proceed. <laughs> as you were. So, I said this spitefully about uh, Connor, Connor Bedard ending up in Arizona and, and me saying it would be I hope it happens spitefully I don't cl- I don't hope it happens but 
because of the nonsense that we've seen gone on in Arizona, I think it would be a, just a big slap in the face for Gary Bettman if Connor Bedard ends up in that market. And to further the point, wouldn't it be even better if he pulled an Eric Lindros? See, oh. now that's interesting to me. But he's such a he's such a oh for the team kind of guy. Like if he was going to pull the Lindros, I'd I'd be in on Bedsy to Arizona. But he'd pack his bags and he he wouldn't be doing that because there. he's the kind of guy where like and we're we've been fortunate enough to meet him and, yeah. and talk to him this year. He really is the kind of guy that's such a team player. He's so blue collar and he'd it's never just do like. It. No, it's like whatever situation you put this guy in, he's just going to go and make the best of it, and he's such a good pro. I was really impressed. Like, So we got a chance to talk to him before the game in Calgary, and we got like Victor Finley and I chatted with him for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, he's he a cool kid. Awesome. Could carry a conversation. As you know, there are some hockey players who you talk to them, it's like talking to a piece of plywood. Yeah. He was not that guy. He, yeah. was, he was really cool. Nice guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. I have one. Actually, should we go to break and, and come back? What are your thoughts right now on our timing? We got like a couple minutes. We can go for a break and then come back and get into a bit more of a deeper chat. You want to do that? Sure, sure. All right, we'll come back. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened the last two weeks. We can kind of maybe do a recap there and then get to what's on Julia's mind. She's got a question for Frankie and I. We'll find out what that is on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia to share. We got Frank Corrado with us. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Overdrive, Toronto's favorite way to drive home. Weekdays 4 to 7 on TSN 1050. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion for your chance to win a $100 Vanilla Visa prepaid card. Text the keyword LUNCH in your name to 105050 standard text message. Rates apply. Welcome in. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 on this trade deadline day. It's Julie DeSherry, Mike DiStefano, and we're joined for the next 12 or so minutes by our pal Frankie Corrado. The gang, the band is back together. Kudos um, to the quick math, by the way. Oh yeah, that that one was that one was uh, rounder. <laughs> it was easier than the one that you did. Um, you had a burning question, Julia. Well, we started the show talking about reclamation projects and mm-hmm. and changes of scenery and how helpful that is for players. And, and Rasmus Sandin was just talking about his recent change of scenery. Did you guys see Pierre Engvall? And the hack job that lose uh, that yeah. lose henchman did on his face. Oh yeah, they're not rules, Julia. Their expectations was the line I was given upon my arrival to Toronto. Right. So nobody yeah. really tells you. You just know the. You know what's up. You understand what is expected, right. and you probably don't try and push the envelope. Right. What do you think would have happened though? Like if you would have showed up and you had hair on your face day mm-hmm. one of camp. Or day one of practice, like well, what so happens? I kind of had a little, this is how I, I realized this, because I got picked up and I was here in Toronto, so I got the call and Lou thought I was still in Vancouver. I said, I'm actually here in Toronto. And he said, well, just come to the rink. So I went to the rink and I actually thought about shaving, but I, you know, it was a little bit. So I showed up, I said, I understand, I'm going to shave as soon as I can. He goes, I said, I, I know the rules, something like that. He goes, they're not rules, they're expectations. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is so. Um, that would have made my hair stand oh, at the, yeah. <laughs> up on my arms. Yeah. <laughs> okay, runs a tight ship around here. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. But there is one name on the trade bait board that I find interesting, and it's it's Klingberg. It's John Klingberg. Mm. He was a hot commodity on the trade bait board last year. Like, yeah, people in Toronto were begging for Klingberg at some points. I remember his name coming up on our show, and he has. Um, there's no polite way to say it. Like, he's fallen off a cliff this year. He has, in and, yeah, and it's been a bad team. It's been a bad situation. And even for him in the summer, 
he fully expected he was going to get the old 8x8 in Dallas, and if he wasn't going to get it there, he was going to get it somewhere else, and it didn't happen. No. I think Anaheim was expecting to flip him. This, exactly. You're exactly right. This was the whole emergency kind of valve for Klingberg. It was like, sign a one-year ticket, get some money, and hopefully get flipped at the deadline and go on a run somewhere, and then you can sign a a long-term ticket that way, but not looking good right now. So is he like say say the final word? Like is he at the end, or is there a team well, out there that's still buying that you think could could? Al's brother, let use me know. Services? Let me know what you think about this. But mm-hmm. I it it comes down to fit and what your team already has. Like if you're going out there trying to acquire what he is, which is a number one power play guy, um, one dimensional kind of player you're probably not a very good team to begin with because you have that guy already somewhere in your lineup. So why would you bring that guy in? Look at all the defensemen that are kind of being acquired around the league. It's like a guy like Luke Shen, a guy like Jake McCabe here in Toronto, and even some of the names that are still out there. Al's brother, we talked about Nick Sealer and Joel Edmondson, who's you know kind of out there, I guess. you know It's a little trickier because he's been hurt and he's got some term left. But you understand the, the, the point. It's like... If you're a good team and you're trying to make a run for it, you already have that guy, and they're probably a better fit with your team internally already. So you think he stands pat? There was reporting out there today that. Um, no, I, I, I think don't, a team I still will don't take think, a flyer. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I still think a team will take a flyer. You can get him pretty cheaply. Like, like what, what, what could you get Klingberg for right now? Jeez. Second well, listen, as, as time goes on here, if you're Anaheim, you just probably think. I just got to take something. I just yeah. I don't want him sitting here just playing a year here for no reason. I'll I'll take something at some point here. Maybe that's one of those ones that comes in at three hundred one. I got one team, Seattle. Ah, that's an interesting okay. one. Seattle yeah. maybe. Seattle's that would been make pretty some quiet. sense, right? Like I don't think it would cost a whole lot. They do have a lot of assets, and their team that you know not necessarily will be completely selling out here, but like it's a chance for them to potentially. You know, make a run and and make the playoffs, and and just to kind of give your fan base a, a big boost. Like they haven't really been buyers before at a deadline. You go, you get a big name like John Klingberg. You're having a down year, but it'll look good in the papers if you're mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, and like they don't necessarily have a guy who's eight like a PP one dude. Like yeah, they Vince have, Dunn's kind of doing yeah, it. Yeah, they got Dunn Larson. Like they've got some good pieces, yeah. but they don't have someone who could like is a power play quarterback. And I think Klingberg, Klingberg could do that. Yeah, and still you're be not tied to him. I think that's the nice thing if yeah. you're Seattle. You can pick him okay. up for relatively cheap and you're not tied to him. That's an astute observation by yourself, Al's brother. <laughs> Very astute. Very astute. Well, we, we flagged Vancouver as interesting. We flagged Calgary as interesting. Vancouver's Anything a weird one because burned? what if, like, they could be a team that's retooling or rebuilding and picking high in the draft, but they also could be like a long-term buyer here at the deadline. Yeah. You know, I actually think, I actually think Ottawa owes it to their team to maybe try and do one other thing today. What would that be? That's a good question because with Tyler Mott going out the door, they brought in Julian Gauthier. Do they need a defense? Uh, Do they need a goalie? I don't think they need a goalie because they have Talbot who was talked about maybe being a, a depth goaltender out the door, they're not going to move on from him. That Mad Sogard good is player. a monster, and they didn't want to get rid of him for Chikrin, and for good reason, because he's a very good goaltender. Um, and then on the back end, like the guy, whoever they're going to qu- acquire as a defenseman, is probably similar to a Travis Hamanick or a Nick Holden. So it, are you getting that much of an upgrade 
if you bring in someone like that. Maybe they're done, but I like the fact that they went out and got Chickren and showed their team that we're actually not selling and we're going to give you guys an opportunity here to try and make a run for it. I loved that. Ottawa right now is giving off, like you're talking about vibes, immaculate. What they did last night in New York, uh, in Patrick Kane's debut, Chickren looked awesome after not playing hockey for a while. He had a little scary moment when it looked like he was injured. (laughs) That was not fun. Uh, Annie Murphy was in the building. Noodles was on it. He was tracking it all night. It was like it was a great game last night, and Ottawa looked like they were shot out of cannon. Brady Kachuk last night, Brady Kachuk looked like like a every force. night though, That's, like a force out there. If, like if you track Ottawa, this guy does that every single he's night. Premier it's really player. impressive. Yeah. He's like, the heart and soul yeah. and the conscience. Like that where, is such where a is captain. He, like if if you did an Al's brother power rankings as far as power forwards in the NHL. Is, is he's got to be in your top five? Oh, maybe sure. top three for sure. Top five. Yeah. Um, like, like his brother's is, pretty his good. Brother, that's the yeah. thing. Brother's he's pretty not, good. He's he not even be the best top. power forward in his own family. But that's a pretty elite family Me, like, of power forwards. Yeah, like Miko. Miko's a stud, and then he probably gets into that conversation. Like yeah. around three, four. Where's Wilson? Five. Like he just hasn't nah, played he hasn't that played. much. Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of. Out at the it. back of the mind, he's been he's trending. He's been trending on Twitter a lot. Hasn't oh, he? there was one it, fakey trade yesterday. Yeah, oh, you guys get faked out? No, I didn't get faked out, but no. I think I think that there was just some some reporting out there that didn't end up coming to fruition. That, yeah, every uh, year someone gets faked out on Twitter. You just hope it's not you. You really hope yeah. it's not you. Yeah, you, well, you got to get your list going, and you got to click on the profile because now Twitter blue, you can just buy those checks now. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to talk? Like, do you want to just talk about what we're saying? Well, okay. So, so we have a little group chat here, as we all know in the studio. But Al's brother chimed in that the Pittsburgh Penguins would be acquiring Tom Wilson. From a, just a random yeah. tweet. I had seen that report the night before, though. Also, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. So if it I happens notice, today, Al's brother, we're going to look like I, idiots. I noticed afterwards that it was from 19 hours ago. I was like, oh, wait, it was 19 hours ago. And it was before they got... Um, yeah, they made those other Grand trades. Yeah. That said, though, it was from Tyler Kennedy, who played with Pittsburgh. So I'm like, oh, this guy must have some cachet, must know something. It yeah. wasn't like but it was a fake, like, it wasn't not Bob McKenzie. That's it, right? Yeah. It wasn't It, was just a uh, there were, there were it wasn't some a comments. Yeah. There wasn't was a some, Mr. Booth situation. No, no. But. There were some, comment, some comments in the group chat about Al's brother and how he's better one. than that. And he knows he's better than that. <laughs> Let's just be clear. You made the comments. Yes. Someone <laughs> made the comments, and we're not going to specify who it was. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone to the right of me. Me currently made yeah. those comments, <laughs> but you know what, Al's brother, you've been dialed in. Like we're 57 minutes in, it's been we've been cooking, here. buzzing. Yeah, yeah. man, You're, it was great to have you in here for uh, for the hour. I wish you could stick around, but you've got a busy day. Yeah, I'm ahead go of you. Lunch so now. yeah, go get some lunch, pal. You got some? What do you got? Barbecue pork over there? It looked I like. I can't tell you. As a highly questionable looking little lunchbox, <laughs> you yeah, have. yeah, you delicious. Got, you got something? Go munch on that. Uh, we got one more hour here on Leafs Lunch. You got game uh, gameplay. You got overdrive, and we got uh, just roughly two hours until the NHL trade deadline officially hits. Second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.